0: Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest in Disney news?
1: And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars?
2: Well, have we got the podcast for you.
0: Welcome to D23 Inside Disney.
2: I'm Jeffrey from D23.
1: I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney.
0: And I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And together, we're taking you Inside Disney.
1: Hello, Tony! here we are it's the sherry and tony show jeffrey is on a cruise knee deep in chicken tenders i am sure so he left the children to run the show this week
0: (laughs) so y'all are in for it this episode let me tell you
1: you're in for a treat that's for sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well, let's get this show on the road, get it started here. What'd you do this week, Sherry?
1: Okay, I watched the new Simpsons short When Billy Met Lisa on Disney+. Plus. Oh,
0: so fun. It's
1: three minutes of just pure joy and laughter and Billy and Phineas. It's just the best. There's a lot of jokes about her ever-changing hair colors.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Stay
1: tuned for the end credits because there are some really fun stills of Lisa... Billy, Phineas, and some Disney Easter eggs. So check it out. It's great. How about you, Tony? What have you been up to?
0: Well, speaking of Billy and Phineas, kind of the highlight of my week, I got to see both of them
1: IRL. <gasps>
0: cool. I got to sneak off to the desert to a little music festival out west Yay. and got to see both of them. It was so fun. And I just really missed live music in general so just to go back into that world and the festival environment was like super fun got to see a lot of friends and they just like were amazing i'm Ah. definitely a new phineas stanner over here as well
1: yes and speaking of people we stan our guest on the show is Ken Potrock, president of Disneyland Resort, and Jeffrey was able to join us for this, so you'll get your dose of Jeffrey coming Ken, up. Ken,
0: Ken, Ken, Ken.
1: Jeffrey's probably listening to this and just rolling his eyes, like, "Why did I leave? <laughs> why, why did I leave them to run the new segment? <laughs> We're trying our best. We're trying our best. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Pixar just dropped a new trailer for Lightyear. How many times did I watch it? infinity and beyond number of times it's so Hey-o. good it's in theaters june 17th which is coming up super soon and in the trailer we get a whole lot more socks which is buzz's robot companion cat
0: Love. and a lot
1: more check it out on pixar youtube i mean the animation is like so stunning and again go for the animation stay for socks <laughs>
0: <Perfect>. <laughs> i'm tweeting that shortly
1: Oh, wonderful. Thank you. And in more <laughs> Pixar news, Finding Nemo, The Big Blue and Beyond is going to open this summer at Animal Kingdom. Yay. So fun. You can check out the show at the Theater in the Wild in Dinoland USA. This is a fully updated 25 minute show. We've got live performers. We've got Those iconic puppets and many of the songs and numbers from the original Finding Nemo the musical. So if you're a fan of that, you are going to love this. It's a brand new script, new set pieces and a fancy new LED video wall, which looks very cool. You can see a sneak peek of the new show on the Parks blog now.
0: I love that. Oh, we love an update. That's great. We
1: love an update.
0: <laughs> so listen, as a former band nerd in high school, I really appreciate this lovely piece of content I get to oh my announce gosh, here. Wait, what
1: did you play in high school? Oh my
0: gosh, I played trumpet from middle what? school to high school.
1: Cool. Are you a band nerd too? Well, No, I, I played violin <laughs> for a while. <laughs> <I> played violin <laughs> in elementary school. <laughs> so we oh could form God. our own like... I don't know, weird little orchestra band. Oh my
0: gosh, are we forming a (laughs) band? All right, all right. We We have have lots to catch Jeffrey up on next week. We do. (laughs) (laughs) But fellow fan nerds and Marvel fans, rejoice because we are getting the full 12-minute music track that loops at the Avengers campus, you guys.
1: Whoa. (laughs) So
0: fun. Streaming everywhere thanks to Hollywood Records. The orchestral suite is entitled Avengers Campus Welcome Recruits and reflects Mm -hmm. musical themes across the Avengers campus, including Wakanda, Spider-Man, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Doctor Strange. You can stream it pretty much everywhere you stream your music from. And more details on that are at d23.com.
1: Nice.
0: Band nerds unite. I love it. Well, over at Nat Geo, fourth season of Genius has been announced and will focus on Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. And the series will be moving to Disney Plus for this new season. Honestly, I still can't stop thinking about Cynthia Erivo as Mm. Aretha Franklin in the past season of Genius. That entire season lives rent free in my mind. It's just so (laughs) well done. And it shows the previous seasons of Genius actually earned, get this, Sherry, they earned a total of 20 Emmy nominations.
1: Wow, that is a lot. That's so crazy. So
0: really excited for this next new season. Premiere dates are still to come, of course. But we're told Reggie Rock Bythewood and Gina Prince Bythewood will serve as executive producers with Brian Grazer and... Ron Howard returning as EPs as well mm. and some really fun news over at the Hulu the series premiere of the Kardashians on Hulu which I am of course a huge fan of was the biggest series premiere in its history
1: wow super cool
0: the show just launched on April 14th and there is so much more to come because Hulu will be launching 48 episodes of a kardashian spread out over 10 episode seasons a fun reminder also the show is executive produced by its stars and with ryan seacrest so this is gonna be a really great series it already is but more to come
1: cool i feel like we've talked about star wars celebration every week for the past i don't know 52 (laughs) weeks But we have some more Star Wars Celebration news to share because some huge guests were just added to Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, May 26th through 29th, very soon. Okay, I'm barely bearing the lead here. Ewan McGregor, he's going to be there. Sherry? I know. That's amazing. That's amazing. And equally amazing, Kelly Marie Tran. (gasps) Kelly. And equally, equally amazing, Billy Lord. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, who's going to be next? Toni Morrison? <laughs> That's
0: the next announcement. <laughs> <tuned>. Coming soon.
1: <laughs> well, visit StarWarsCelebration.com for more details. Now, I feel like I have some big Jeffrey shoes to fill, but <sighs> Tony, do you hear that beautiful noise? Churros? Yes, because it is me <laughs> announcing it. It is churro time! Woo! okay but in addition to churros it is time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend courtesy of our friends at state farm for complete details and listings visit d23.com and remember like a good neighbor state farm is there wow that was so fun to say yay
0: jeffrey would be so proud
1: oh my gosh thank you thank you First, we've got The Wonderful World of Disney, Beauty and the Beast. This special airs Saturday, April 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. And it's chock full of some of our favorite Disney legends, Paige O'Hara, Angela Mm. Lansbury. Mm. Ah, Love this film.
0: The best. A classic. I love it. Next up on Sunday, May 1st, new to Hulu, you can watch Beaver Pitch, y'all. Featuring Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. So fun, haven't seen that movie in a while. And also Mm. on Sunday, May 1st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC, it's Disney week on American Idol.
2: Finally,
0: the Idol hopefuls are going to gift us with iconic Disney songs. And I truly love to hear it. So tune in. And right after Idol, Sunday night on ABC, you can also catch a brand new episode of The Rookie. And I hear it's a good one. So all you rookie fans out there better tune in.
1: and cap off the weekend with Pretty Woman. It's new to the Hulu Library on Sunday, May 1st. This is not for the kiddos, but if you are an adult who wants to see an update on Cinderella starring Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, (laughs) you know where to go. (laughs) So good. On to today's guest. We had him on the show almost exactly a year ago to discuss the reopening of Disneyland and the exciting developments happening at the resort and today he's back with updates, stories, and we hope, fingers crossed, reveals on some upcoming projects. Please welcome to the show, Disneyland Resort President Ken Potrock. Woo!
2: Hey, how are you? Good. It's great to see you. I
3: can't believe it's been a year, you know, since we last did this. So how have you been? I'm doing great. I'm I'm just getting off double secret probation because I gave away. Too many secrets to you in our, in our last podcast. So <laughs> I think I've come off that probation. We'll see if I go back on it
2: shortly thereafter. Oh, I like that. We are very in. You know, we're just at the one-year mark of the reopening of Disneyland. What does that feel like for you?
3: Well, I think it doesn't come as a surprise that it has been an incredibly intense year. You know, I get asked the question quite a bit about what it's been like you know, both within the pandemic and then reopening. And it's interesting because I was told by a lot of people that I respect that the Disneyland job was going to be the best job of all time. And then what I found out was that when we're not open, it's probably not the best job of all time. Yeah. Once we reopened and the energy began to course through this really wonderful place, it very quickly did become the best job of all time. So, it's been intense. You know, it has been a metamorphosis, you know, of going from being closed for 412 days and having a really a skeleton team of cast members still working to being where we are now, which is having nearly 30,000 cast members back. Wow. Oh yeah. serving our guests and And it's really very, very exciting. It's been a really good um, time because it's got a wonderful sort of layering effect. You know, we brought back attractions. We brought back food and beverage opportunities. We brought back special events like Lunar New Year and Halloween and, you know, any number of different things. And everything was a stair step to Mm -hmm. getting to what I'll call either new normal or where i think we are today is near normal it's been really exciting and i think the overriding factor for me is the journey that our cast members have been on you know part of that was not working part of it was coming back to work part of it was a lot of new cast members you know joining the team part of it is managing through you know pandemic protocols and now i think we're finally getting to a place where it it feels like disneyland i think it's a really good time and I think we're really excited about it.
1: It feels like Disneyland and it feels like hugs. Character encounters just came back, which has a lot of meaning for me as a former friend of Chip, Dale, Yellow Gingerbread Man number three, and other (laughs) characters in the five, (laughs) two, and three-fourths inch height range. Who was the first character you hugged?
3: The first character I hugged was most definitely Mickey Mouse. And then I would tell you the one that I continue to be sort of most favored with is Buzz Lightyear. And, you know, Mickey because of the heart, his approachability and Buzz because of his optimism. And I think you need optimism in this role. Mm -hmm. And and especially, you know, over the course of what we've done over the course of the last year, I think, you know, in just a couple of days, we're going to have hit that one year mark. Mm -hmm. And it's been a year of amazing accomplishments. And I can't speak you know highly enough about all the people that you know were part of what we call the legendary comeback, and all the things that we've done to you know really position ourselves to be in this place where we can deliver the magic you know back to our guests. You mentioned the steps.
0: The nighttime spectaculars are almost back. Can you talk to us a little bit about the timing, why it took a year to get these obviously very popular attractions back for everyone?
3: Yeah, I mean, there were a number of factors. You know, the first factor, quite honestly, was just, I'm going to call it crowd control and pandemic mandates about six foot social distancing and, you know, things of that ilk. And so when you think about a fireworks show or you think about lining up for a parade or a spectacular, it's a lot of people in close quarters and we couldn't promote that and we couldn't promote that, you know, in good conscience. So it took a while to do that. I think that was part one. Part two, as that began to ease, you quickly recognize that it takes a lot of people to put these programs together, and so we needed to bring back cast or hire anew, you know, cast members as technicians or performers or you know any number of the other you know creative and and operational roles, and so that I think took some time, and then I think there was really strategy that was involved in it, which was. You know, we were and continue to manage our capacity in the park. We needed to make sure that we were bringing things back in steps so that we uh, could handle it. You know, you bring a certain number of people in, they, you have to have a certain number of rides and attractions and experiences. You have to have a certain capacity of dining and merchandise. All of it works in harmony. And so, you know, when you begin to bring back the spectaculars, I think, we needed to find the right time, the right window, and so that's why it took such a long time. I had the opportunity a week or so ago to be at the cast preview of the Main Street Electrical Parade, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not sure I could have had more fun watching. We had about 5,000 cast members come in after close, and they lined the park, you know, along the parade route, mm-hmm. and they were waiting and they were waiting and waiting, and then. Boom, the music began and the parade became in sight and the cheering and the crying and the uh, yelping and the interaction, you know, just came back to you again and again saying, you know what, this is what's been missing. Mm. And so we feel very, very strongly about bringing back, you know, Main Street Electrical Parade, bringing back the Disneyland Forever fireworks Show, bringing back World of Color, you know, and then shortly thereafter, you know, bringing back things like Festival of the Lion King, bringing back Fantasmic. There's so many really exciting things coming back that it, it's going to create the layering effect of what a true Disneyland experience will be. And I don't think people will ever look at it and say, "Gosh, it felt like there was something missing." You know, now it's it's all there. It's the full package. Mm.
2: You mentioned Fantasmic. It comes back on May 28th. What can fans look forward to?
3: Well, you know, again, I think Fantasmic is just fantastic. I think there's nothing, mm-hmm. you know, better from a setting perspective, you know, along Rivers of America and New Orleans Square and all of those things. I think we're we're doing some really good work, you know, on not just making sure that Fantasmic is going to be bright and vibrant and exciting. And all of the technical components of it are in good places. But we've also been working on the viewing areas. We've been working on New Orleans Square as a great example. We've recently done some construction where we've pulled out some of the planters and some of the steps and, and just trying to expand the, the ability to people, more people to comfortably view, you know, this spectacular show. So. I think that's going to play really well as well. And you know one of the exciting things about the Disneyland Park, which I've learned, you know, is that as you begin thinking about a parade, like Main Street Electrical Parade, or you think about a fireworks show, or you think about Fantasmic, we have the ability for people to do things in different locations in the park, which then spreads them out, And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all going to be able to do all of those things at the same time. What it means is that they have the opportunity to pick and choose. And again, you know, we have a lot of repeaters. So they mm. come back and they, you know, get a different experience each and every time they come to the resort. And uh, I think it's gonna be really, really exciting and, you know, long time coming, but it's gonna be worth it. Mm.
1: Mm. Well, let's talk town. Can you get into the reimagining that's taking place? Any new details you can share?
3: Yeah, well, I'll start with, you know, the thing that's been so incredibly unique you know, for me, so I have an office that previously looked out into Toontown, and then we built this thing called a Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and it's a gigantic building that blocked my view of Toontown. <laughs> and so, this office that I went into with this incredible view now is the backside of Runaway Railway. So. <laughs> You know, I have to deal with it and that's okay. (laughs) But I'm also just steps away. And so I get the opportunity to walk into Toontown when it was open and now that it's closed to walk in and see improvements and progress that we're making. I don't think I could be more excited for what this is going to do. Let me be more specific. You get very clearly that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is a terrific attraction. And we have one in Walt Disney World. The one that we're going to have here has some additions to it that I think take it one step further. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that's going to play beautifully. But then we looked at it in context of it's not just one attraction, but it's also how could we create an entire land? And again, very much focused on families with younger children that really feels vibrant and fresh and different and relevant to, you know, young families of today. And so the second part of this project was what do you do with the rest of the land and so we began to think about you know what are the needs of young families and and and, you know i remember my kids aren't that young anymore but i remember when i had young kids they needed some time and some space to run they had a lot of energy they needed to have some burn-off kind of space and so what we built was a land that really allowed for people to traverse the land to enjoy it we have parks, we have areas for picnics, we have obviously all the rides, we have really fun food and beverage initiatives. One of the things that we've pushed really hard to do, again, maybe I'll unveil one secret right here, is the idea of, we, we looked at this and said, wouldn't it be great if there were picnics available right here in Toontown? We've got all this beautiful grass, we have shade, we have trees, You know, now all we have to do is put together kind of a picnic experience. And we think that's a really great thing to do as well. So. I think that's gonna play really well. I think our fans are gonna love it. I think kids of all ages and all abilities are gonna be able to tap into this for interactivity, for adventure, for excitement. If they want something a little mellower, there are mellower parts of the land to be able to handle and accommodate that. If they want something more dynamic and vibrant, I think we have that as well. So I think it's gonna play really, really well. I can't wait to get it open. And again, the other thing that I like about Toontown is the fact that I think it's in, you know, sort of what I'll call the hot corner, you know, of the Disneyland Park, because if you think about, you know, young families, so now we have, you know, this wonderful new attraction, you know, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. We have this great new land where kids can have a great time and interact with a variety of different rides or other experiences. Right next door, we have Small World, which is really fun. Small World now has a projection show. Right now we're doing, we don't talk about Bruno, projected on the facade, which is playing really well. People are dancing to the music and and the vibrancy of it. We have a new show going into the Fantasyland Theater, which is going to be bigger and better than anything we've done there. And I've seen recent rehearsals. So I think that whole area is going to have just a new spark of enjoyment and fun and real dynamic life. So uh, I think that's an exciting part of it as well. Amazing. Mm.
0: And Tarzan is vacating his treehouse. We know this. We're excited for what's to come. So tell us, Ken, it's just as friends, what's next?
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There's two objectives, you know, with the treehouse. The first uh, objective is how can we refresh it? How could we make it feel new and different and vibrant? And, you know, one of the things, and you guys are incredibly familiar with this, but you know, one of the things that we can do is bring fresh IP, fresh storytelling, fresh adventure to it. And again, I think that's one of the things that we're going to do with this. Kim Irvine is brilliant. Yep. And she has been working on this with great fervor. And I think she's got it. I think she's got a really wonderful thematic and story for us. One that I think is going to play well. The other thing, though, that's really important is the fact that the treehouse and really there's an area almost like a little bit of a bridge that actually is quite a challenge for us in terms of the flow of guests mm. and we're pulling out that bridge so that we can open up that space that connects the Indiana Jones attraction to the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction with the treehouse you know in between to open that up so that there's greater flow greater ability for people to Get from point A to point B to point C, you know, as we go forward. So part of it was an operational requirement, and then part of it is you know an opportunity to tell a great new story. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm not going to go further than that.
2: Ugh, okay, so good. Uh, something new coming to the resort is Magic Band Plus. So how similar is that going to be for guests who are familiar with Magic Band at Walt Disney World Resort?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to have a lot of similarities. I think it's going to have a lot of differences as well, and. And I think that's important. You know, the, the capability of technology to help embellish a story or help enhance an experience is something that we've learned a great deal about, you know, from a world perspective. And now I think we're able to apply it even more aggressively here at Disneyland. So the idea of, you know, magic bands, the idea of making those bands interactive in different parts of the park or different lands in a variety of different ways and really novel ways where it's not just everybody and everything you know happens for the same way for every single person but can be done in zones can be done in particular areas i think is going to be very very fun and different i think the other thing that we've worked really hard on is the creative of it you know when when you look at the bands you know one of the things that we talked about is you know, how do we, you know, sort of Disneyland, you know, relevant, you know, those bands. And so we're working on what the collectability of them will be. How will they be relevant to Disneyland specifically? And I think the designs that are being created are going to be really great. Hmm. I've had the opportunity to see a few of them. And I think that'll be something that our guests will want, both for the interactivity, but also for the fashion statement. And I think it'll be really strong. From that perspective i think the other thing that we'll talk about and in, in, in maybe in more depth when we refer to the hotels you know technology has just played such an important role for us i could name you know 10 different technological innovations but we don't do technology for technology's sake we do technology to accomplish something whether that's to enhance a story whether that's to engage the guest whether that's to make the experience more seamless you know, to educate, we we have a lot of purposes for technology, but whiz bang isn't one of our purposes. So I could give you a, a bunch of examples. You know, it begins right now with the technology that we're using to manage capacity. Mm. You know, you know, the reservation system, you know, is something that, you know, originally we looked at and said, you know, we need to do this because the state is telling us we have to manage capacity. I would tell you that is turned into A really positive scenario because we're able to understand exactly who's coming. We're able to shift demand so that you know if we have too much demand on a Saturday, how do we shift that demand to a Tuesday or a Wednesday? If we can balance out the demand on any you know any particular day, which is what we're doing very effectively, it's a better experience for everyone. You know, so you don't have the high days and the low days. We just have you know great days. And that has been a real benefit to us. You think about what Genie Plus and Lightning Lane and, and the Genie program is doing. Again, that is designed to provide more choice for our guests on how they wanna interact with our park. You think about things like mobile order, um, or you think about you know, being able to make dine reservations you know through your phone, or you think about mobile checkout, which has turned into a godsend for us in terms of making the shopping experience you know, much less of a hassle, you know, for our guests. And, you know, the one that I'm really pleased about, and we'll talk about it from a hotel perspective, is the Hey Disney smart speaker that will be in all of our hotel rooms. I think that's going to be amazing because guests are going to be able to interact. Imagine that you can interact with a character or imagine that somebody can tell, you know, me or my child, a bedtime story, or that I can get all the different things answered that I want, or. More modeling things, things like I can ask for, you know, room service or extra towels or you know things of that nature. Again, I think that's going to be a great new service capability for us. And by the way, they're as cute as cute could be. Ah,
1: so cool. You mentioned hotels. The Paradise Pier Hotel is being reimagined, and we need some details.
3: Yeah. So one of the things that we have really steadfastly worked on is enhancing the experience of all of our hotels. And some of them are older than others. Some of them need different kinds of refreshes. I think the Paradise Pier Hotel is one of those hotels that has great bones, but is in need of a story. And it is in in need of a theme. And by the way, is in need of a substantial investment. And so that's exactly what we're doing. We don't have a name for it just yet, but what I can tell you is that it is going to be a Pixar-themed hotel. (gasps) Mm. Oh my gosh,
1: am I
2: dreaming?
3: And when I talk about Pixar-themed, I mean from exterior to rooms to restaurants to pool decks to, you know, lobbies to... All of those kind of components. Wow. The Pixar platform gives us so much, so much and so many, you know, extraordinary characters and stories. How do we bring that to life? I think is going to be I'm not going to say it's a hard challenge. I think (laughs) the challenge is how do you choose? You know, and so I think we're going to tell the story of many, many Pixar stories. And I again, I'll give you. one peak under the tent, one of the things that we're doing, and we haven't always done this in the past, but one of the things we're doing is we're doing it in such a way that when new Pixar content comes out, we have the ability to infuse that into this hotel, you know, in ways where it doesn't take two years to build it and all of those kinds of things. So we're looking at it with an eye towards how do we keep it fresh and relevant, you know, constantly you know, and we're looking to our partners at Pixar to keep up the great IP that, you know, we've come to expect. And then we stand ready to infuse it into the property. And again, I think it's gonna be really spectacular. The rooms that I've seen, the how we're using Storyline, the enhancements, the fun that this property will have, I think is great. I think the other thing that we're doing and and really focused on it for all of our hotels, not just Paradise Pier property, is how do we enhance um, the benefits that we provide to our guests when they stay in any of our hotels, whether it's the Disneyland hotel or the Grand Californian or the Paradise Pier. And so we'll be launching very soon a portfolio of benefits that you get. And by the way, when I say benefits, I really mean differentiated only Disney could, you know, benefits that really make it you know, powerful you know, for our guests. So I think about things like early access into the parks. That's something we want to be able to bring back for our hotel guests. That's an example of, of a benefit. I mentioned earlier, you know, the idea of a smart speaker, you know, a Hey Disney smart speaker. Mm-hmm. That's a technological advancement, you know, in all of our hotels. We talk about access within our hotels. You know, one of the things that uh, we have, if you think about it, You know, the Disneyland hotel is steps away from the monorail and the monorail takes you right into the Disneyland park. The Grand Californian actually has an entry point right into a California adventure and we needed to improve the access point, you know, at the Paradise Pier. And so construction is going on right now on the creation of a new portal that will allow people to easily enter the park from that point in time or that location in time. And again, I think that'll be a nice enhancement. We're working on you know things like our pools and pool decks. Yeah. That's one of the things that we hear from our guests. Again, with the Paradise Pier Hotel, we are redoing the entire you know pool deck of that property with a lot of fun—not just pool, but other you know fun things. So I think that'll be a a great new enhancement to it as well. And again, a slew of other things. One that I'm really excited about, and it's something that we pushed even with Disney Springs. Back in Florida was the idea of, so great, we have room service, and we have all kinds of restaurants within our hotel properties. But one of the advantages that we have is we also have access to downtown Disney. And so we're creating a program whereby you can order from select downtown Disney restaurants and have it delivered directly to your hotel.
2: Oh my and gosh so
3: That's cool. <laughs> but, you know again, more choice, you know for yeah. our guests. So great, I can order off the room service menu. Or I can order, you know, sushi from Splitsville and either way, you know, things are coming, you know, directly to us. So again, I think there's a lot of advantages of staying in a Disney property. And I think we're trying to, you know, further the differentiation, you know, uh, of those differences.
2: Mm. Amazing.
1: You just touched on Downtown Disney. Last year, when you were on the show, we talked about how you were involved with transforming Downtown Disney at Walt Disney World into Disney Springs. And we said we'd love Disney Springs West over here. So can you talk a bit about the transformation that's taking place?
3: We're having a lot of fun with Downtown Disney and we're looking at it through the lens of Disney Springs. And you know, when you think about what we would like to accomplish, You think about the fact that one, how do you, you know, take downtown Disney and revitalize it, make it more vibrant, make it more relevant, make it more diverse in its offerings. And when I say offerings, I mean food and beverage and merchandise and entertainment experiences. And how do you do that? And by the way, recognize that the markets that we draw from, including the Southern California market, is this melting pot of diversity. So how do we you know, appeal to that. You know, as we begin to go forward, and so that's the first place that we began looking at it. We're working on the west side, right now. In fact, if you walk out there right now, we've torn down Earl of Sandwich, the AMC Theater, the Sugarboo retail store, the Starbucks facility. So that's all a big open area. We are building a beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to call it kind of town center opportunity. It's mid century architecture, which is kind of Palm Springs, Walt Disney Palm Springs kind of feel. Mm. It will be a number of different restaurant concepts, retail concepts. It will have an entertainment lawn, a special event lawn. It will have a stage. I think it's going to, and by the way, that will be one of the main new portals into the land as we begin to go forward. The reaction. You know that we got we shared a little of this recently at a, a state of the resort presentation and the reaction that we got was a lot of oohs and ahs
2: um, we
3: made a couple of announcements you know as well as to you know what's going in there so the thing that i would share is we want to look at it again you know whether it's a, a entertainment experiences or food or merchandise or in particular food and beverage how do we make sure that we have all of the different culinary options that are available you know to our guests that our guests want mm-hmm. so I, I think about things like you know asian cuisine mm-hmm. and we were really excited to be able to announce uh, just a couple of days ago that dintai fung is going to be one of our newest tenants i think that's really exciting you know we know that southern cuisine plays really well here and, and, and again we have brennan's jazz kitchen that does well. But, but again, they are very excited about upgrading that entire facility and remodeling it, improving, and really upscaling their menu. So I think that's going to play really well. So I'm thrilled about that. Our friends at both Catal and Uva Bar have looked at that and said, boy, there's an opportunity here for us to do something really special. And so they're coming with two different, what I'm going to call sort of gourmet Mexican concepts, We have a chef by the name of Chef Carlos uh, Gaetan, who is Mexican-born, a Michelin-star chef Mm. that is the concept developer of the menu and of the culinary experience. And it's funny, we were on a Zoom with him recently, couldn't help but fall in love with him because he talks about his upbringing. He talks about where he got his love and passion for cooking from his mother. He talked about family style. He talked about family recipes. And we were like... You know, drop the mic. We're sold. This guy's great. So we're really very excited about that. And that's just a, you know, sort of a peek under the covers of what we hope to be able to do across a variety of culinary experiences. So we'll be announcing many more culinary experiences in the coming months. One that was, you know, sort of worth noting because I got a lot of letters.
2: Oh
3: my gosh. A lot <laughs> I of know letters. where this is
2: going. <laughs> uh,
3: a lot of letters when Earl of Sandwich was taken out. And one of the things that we were pleased to announce and share with you guys is we're creating a pop-up concept for Earl of Sandwich because our guests just won't tolerate not having it. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite you know, locations as well. So again, just a peek under the tent of what we're going to be doing, but there's so much more
2: mm-hmm. and there's
3: so much more potential for downtown Disney. So stay tuned, a lot more coming.
2: Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a massive fan of Mexican food. I frequently go to Tortilla Joe's. Does this mean anything for Tortilla Joe's in the near term?
3: Yeah, I think Tortilla Joe's continues to do really well for us. And it's a restaurant that's extraordinarily popular. I don't have anything to announce relative to Tortilla Joe's at this point in time. Okay. I
0: love it. All right, Ken, have you missed anything at all? What are some other things you're excited about coming to the resort? Give it to us.
3: Well, one of the things that you know I think is really exciting is you know our ongoing relationship and really growing relationship with Disney Vacation Club. Mm. You know, Disney Vacation Club is in the middle of building a new tower um, as part of the Disneyland Resort, and that's going to be incredibly exciting. I think you know my background. You know, one of the roles I had previously was running the Disney Vacation Club business, and I think it's just such a wonderful connecting point with our guests and. You know, a guest that commits to Disney for 50 years is my kind of guest. So, you know, I, I appreciate your support as well in that
2: particular arena. So Bay Lake Tower. Bay Lake Tower. Yeah,
3: The tower that we're building, <laughs> you know, I think is going to be really beautiful. The renderings that we've seen thus far and the work that's going on from a room design and amenities design, I think is great. There's going to be new pools. There's going to be some added Food and beverage opportunities. There's definitely going to be an interesting array of room types, and yet I think it will fit really beautifully into the the Disneyland hotel complex that I think will really thrive with more Disney Vacation Club, you know, guests coming to our property. And again, as you know, Disney Vacation Club properties aren't just for Disney Vacation Club members; they're also rentable properties. Mm-hmm. So it helps us bringing new guests to the resort. And again, I'm really pleased about that as another new development you know for the resort i think the other thing that i thought might make sense in talking about was you know some of the things that we're doing from a cast perspective because Mm. we have long talked about the fact that the secret sauce here is our cast members and all the research that i get all the conversations that i have all of the the guests mention cast members as being really the the profound difference makers the magic makers for them. And so we really need to continue our focus on the cast. Again, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, we were down to 2,000 cast members. We're now back up to 30,000 cast members. But hiring, retaining, training, developing our cast members so that they can really be great at what they do and they can have great careers, you know, with this company is something we're very focused on. So we have put a lot of time and energy into that and you think about, you know, why would I work at Disney? There's a lot of reasons that you work at Disney, right? You obviously, you know, work at Disney because you love the brand. You work at Disney because you like the interaction. So we think about things like tickets for our cast or I mentioned to you that we just did a sneak peek of Main Street Electrical Parade and Mm -hmm. World of Color, you know, as two examples. We just had a fantastic celebration for our 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 plus year cast members, you know, at uh, California Adventure. Those are the kinds of things that you don't get, you know, at another company. I think the education program that we've got, Aspire. I'm really excited that we are in deep conversations with a number of universities, Cal State Fullerton and Fullerton College, uh, a local community college program and a local collegiate or college program, being able to offer a variety of degrees and majors to our folks. So we're, we're hopeful that that's gonna be coming to us very, very soon. And I think that's a step in the right direction. We're working on benefit programs for our cast members, things like childcare and how do we expand childcare benefits. So these are the kinds of things where when we begin thinking about, you know, wanting to be the employer of choice, wanting to make sure that we can acquire and retain great cast members, development programs, You know workforce development programs, these are the things that we're focused on because this will make a difference in the passion of our cast members and the passion of our cast members will make a difference in the experience of our guests.
2: I love that you touched on Aspire. It's something I, I, we've talked about before in the show, but not in a little bit. So just for those who may be listening to know, it's for our hourly employees, we offer a variety of schools that people can go to get degrees, and they don't have to be in the field in which they're working, which is terrific because someone could be getting a degree in economics while working as an attraction lead. So it's it's a really fantastic program, and, and the company does cover it which is just such a great opportunity. And I've met some graduates, which is unbelievable. I'm sure, Ken, you've met many.
3: Many. And there are thousands of cast members that are now participating and it's gaining in momentum. And I don't think there's a better thing that we could do because I think it's helping people develop careers and advancement you know, in their careers, whether it's with us or they go somewhere else, they're better equipped. So yeah. that's a very positive thing to address. You'd asked me a little bit about, you know, what else, you know, did I want to talk about? And I, I think the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is just where we are along the continuum of, you know, what I keep calling the legendary comeback, because I think we're at a, a really pivotal place in time. Mm. What we're seeing right now is really wonderful demand, wonderful interest, wonderful passion to reconnect with loved ones and friends to reconnect with great feelings tied to the Disneyland Resort. So we're seeing that. That being said, we also are very much focused on how excited it is to bring back the full portfolio of things that we have, and maybe more things in the coming months and years. And so I think that momentum and how we look at momentum isn't to get us back to where we were in 2019. It is designed to get us to where we want to be in the Mm. years ahead and i think the future vision of, of the disneyland resort i think is a very powerful vision it's a dynamic you know growing entity within the walt disney company that's really great it is an asset that can drive through our economic engine you know growth and prosperity in the community so i think that's really great it is an employment machine as it relates to the development of our cast members and and creating career paths for them. I think that's really great. And I think about us as a philanthropic and altruistic organization, and what we can do in the Anaheim and Southern California, Orange County areas, because they've been hard hit by this pandemic. And how do we make sure that we are using the assets that we have and the people that we have, like Disney volunteers, to make this place that we call home you know, better for all? And so I think it's a really powerful time. And I think bringing vision to the table, bringing the opportunity for our continued growth, our continued appeal to an ever wider swath of guests and potential guests, you know, portends really well for our future and quite honestly, the future of, you know, Southern California, you know, overall, and that sounds a little hoity-toity, but I, I don't mean it to be. I think we can have a great impact here and one that we are leaning into as we go forward.
2: And final question. I can't, I, we appreciate all this time. This is amazing. Last year, you told us your favorite Disney memory was working on the halftime show at the Super Bowl during the Millennium Celebration. So do you have a new favorite memory or perhaps a second favorite memory?
3: I most definitely have a, a second favorite memory, and maybe a couple of them blend together you know, this has not been the easiest time period with a pandemic, with the resort closed, with people out of work. As we began the journey of reopening, you know, the first memory was when we actually opened up downtown Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, that was before we opened the theme parks, before we opened the hotels, we opened up downtown Disney. And one of the things that I told my team was, hey, let's all get out there and let's literally be right there at security checkpoint and thank the guests for believing in us and for coming back and you know appreciating their loyalty. And we were out there to do that. And amazingly, we really had to struggle to do that, because the guests were spending all of the time thanking us. And that was so incredibly rewarding to us that work and, and try to deliver great product, to have that level of appreciation, you know from you know this incredibly passionate consumer base, you know, was something that will never leave me. And by the way, the continuation of that was when we opened up the Disneyland park for the very first time in the very first day, and we were all lined the streets of Main Street and people were coming in and clapping and fist pumping and (laughs) crying. And it it was, those are real memories. And that when you have those kind of memories and when you deliver that kind of product, what you quickly realize is what we do is important. And we're not called the happiest place on earth for a marketing campaign. We're called the happiest place on earth because we make people happy. And that is our mission and that is our goal and that is who we are and will continue to be.
2: Ken, thank you for making us all happy because I gotta tell you, there's nothing like it. There's It's second to none. Thank you so much for joining us again. We cannot wait to have you back again to spill more secrets, reveal more things, and congratulations on a year open and all of this incredible, all of these incredible opportunities and experiences to look forward to.
3: Yeah, and listen, special thanks to the D23 team and special thanks, really special thanks to our cast members and special thanks to all of our guests that have believed in us. We can't do it without all of those people.
0: Well... I hope you all were taking notes because that was a lot of stuff.
1: Yes. Well, thank you again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com.
0: We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic Disney guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.